Welcome to the Earning the Push podcast. I'm Jack Murley, and each and every week, myself and co-host, professional rugby player Charlie Beckett, cast our eye across everything happening inside and outside the squared circle on a show by wrestling fans for wrestling fans. Coming up this week, well, where to even start? Brock Lesnar is somehow WWE champion. Bron Breaker wins the NXT championship. Hangman Page and Brian Danielson go to war in AEW and have another classic for the AEW championship. And William Regal is gone from WWE. So no faffing about this week. Let's get straight into a show that includes sheds, house moves, and what else premium live events could end up standing for. Let's crack on. I was trying to explain this to my better half of the day, and she was like, what do you mean he's won a title of a match he wasn't in? How does he even do that? And I was like, no, that, that, that's essentially what's happened. And then she was like, so someone's lost last minute because they've changed it. I was like, yes, well, the rest of it. She was like, that's not fair. And I was like, oh, you don't know the half of what's not fair in this industry. It was crazy, wasn't it? You text me. I saw it because you text me a link to the tweet saying Roman have." COVID, and obviously we hope he's all right. It's the first you've got to say. Of course we do. But then, very quickly after that, I saw that he's in a fatal five-way, and I was like, well, that match is going to be utterly brilliantly bonkers, which it was. And I was like, and I, was, I texted you know, I think I said, they wouldn't put the title on Brock, would they? And we're like, no, 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 no. They wouldn't do that. That's too late. They'll just have him protected. He won't eat the pin. And then there he is next morning with the WWE title. You've got to feel either for Big E or for whoever was meant to win, because that's a tough pill, pill to swallow. Three or four hours before the uh, before the pay per view, being told, by the way, you're losing if somebody wasn't in the match. But I, I understand it because this is a brilliant Brock Lesnar get at the moment, and he is having the time of his life because he's working Sunday, Monday, Friday this week. When did Brock Lesnar last work? Sunday, Monday, Friday. It, it's extraordinary to see what he is doing. And the moment you put Brock Lesnar in that match, he has to win. He, he, because he has been built, as we've been saying, since pretty much the moment we started this podcast, he has been built, him and Roman, on a completely different tier to everyone else. The moment Brock goes into that match, you know he, he's going to have to come out on top. But I didn't see him pinning Big E clean, one, two, three, to get there. And I'm still not sure how I feel about that. Yeah, I'm not sure we needed that. Um, I think Big E's been a brilliant champion. Whether he's had the booking he deserves or not, he's done everything he can. And I hope isn't, it isn't a one and done for his WWE title reigns. The whole point of a Fatal 4, Fatal 5 way is you can protect the champion if you want to. And they've take, made the choice not to. Yeah, I'm not sure. I saw someone on Twitter tweet, this is just all a build for King Woods to slay the beast and take revenge for Kofi and Big E. And I was like, well, we can hope, but I don't think so. As I said, it was a great match. I I know a lot of people have been on the give us Lashley Lesnar train, and I haven't been particularly until I saw Sunday night and their interaction. I was like, okay, give us it. And then fair play, WWE haven't waited even 24 hours. And they've said, okay, Royal Rumble, you can have it. I'm really excited by a Brock WWE title run. I think we're heading for a unification match, though, at mm-hmm. WrestleMania, and I don't know how I feel about that. I, I was thinking this the other day. Do we have now... And and actually, I don't know whether to say credit to WWE for taking a situation with COVID and Roman and making compelling storytelling out of it, or whether you have to say WWE got themselves into a bit of a pickle by being such a one-man show 
the or one match show rather that they had to do this but it's almost like does this change the mania plans because now you could conceivably go down a Brock Lesnar versus Big E feud for the title at WrestleMania and you could have Roman Reigns against whoever wins the Rumble. And though they may not have planned it this way, they may have wanted to come back to Reigns against uh, Lesnar, and that's what I'd do. You've now got justification for not doing that if you want. I, I wouldn't do a unification match because I think as soon as you take a top title off one of the shows, which is SmackDown, that show immediately becomes the B show and doesn't get as much airtime or doesn't get talked about or isn't as important. I think both shows need a top title. So I would not be unifying those titles at all. There is really conversation this week about the undercard mid-tier talent that isn't utilised. There's more than enough talent in WWE to run two main events and two mid-cards. There's more than enough. So I don't know why you wouldn't do it. I would, I'd go with, yeah, Big E versus Brock Lesnar and Roman versus, I still think, Walter. I think that's the match. I think get him in the Rumble, win the Rumble, that's the match. They're two huge matches that you can sell Mania on. I, I, I think they're more than justifiable Mania main event, Mania title matches. And you come back to Roman Brock at another point. Or if you want to do Roman versus Brock, there's a million ways Brock could be screwed out of a title match. A million ways you could screw him out of that title match against Lashley or anyone else. So I don't think they have to do a unification match. I hope they don't. So here's the interesting point. Let me play devil's advocate here. Has Roman Reigns getting COVID shown that maybe we didn't want Brock versus Roman as much as we thought we did. Because that was all we were talking about going into WWE day one. Roman gets COVID, we don't get that. And suddenly we're saying, do you know what? If we go in a different direction with WrestleMania, actually, we're quite comfortable with that. It, it's a really interesting point. I think it's because it was potentially, but I think it was because it's so obvious Roman versus Brock was what we were building to. We've known that for a while, that we were just like, right, we're ready for it now. So when you're having a meal and you're having all your appetizers, but you know there's a banging lamb shank coming out as your main, and you're like, come on, sort of vegetarian here, you won't, might not get that. Uh, and you're like, just give us the lamb now. Where's the mint sauce? Heap it on. And then a bloody beautiful hot ham comes out, and you forget about the lamb because there's your hot ham, and this is the hot ham. <laughs> These um, sound like um, developmental name talents. Older lamb shank and hot ham, aren't they? We, a oh, we, will, we will get to developmental later today and the issues we have there. So, no, I, I think what if we don't get the storyline of Brock and Roman properly, I will be disappointed just mainly because of the Heyman aspect of it. Because I think there's so much storytelling to be done there. And seeing him back with Brock, it was just like seeing your old favourite pair of slippers back on. You're like, ah, I remember you. You're excellent. You you two work together. I do hope, though, now he's got Heyman back as his advocate, we don't see Brock off the mic. Because this Brock Lesnar on the mic has been an absolute joy. Yeah, he really has. And thank you to Paul Heyman for showing us a little bit of social media love uh, towards, uh, I can't remember now, end of 2022, start uh, 2021, start of whatever. He liked stuff on Twitter. We thank Paul Heyman for it. Where does Big E go next? This, this is a question, because if you're not having Big E back in the title picture, there really isn't anywhere else for him to go. Because in WWE world, at the moment, it would seem you're either at the very top of the tree or you're down in the middle and there's not much to distinguish you from other people. It's a tough old period for Big E. I could see him, if they want to send him back up there, I could see him winning the Rumble. Oh, okay. And build him straight back up as your Rumble winner. Huge babyface Rumble win. Puts him straight back at the top of the card, doesn't it? And you get the tease of, is he going to go to Roman or Brock? If it's Brock, so I could see that. Or, conversely, I could see someone else winning the Rumble. 
and Big E, I don't know if they're still using Elimination Chamber or whatever they are, becoming the number one contender for the WWE title and whatever means they do that. So let's say the Rumble winner challenges Roman and then Big E somehow builds himself up to take on Lesnar, whether that's a tournament, I love a tournament, whether it's Elimination Chamber, whether that's uh, a fatal four-way, whatever it is, I could see that as well. I think he needs to stay in the main event. I think he's a main event player and there is no mid-card to go. There's no undercard, is there? There is no undercard. There is no feud. There is no US title picture. There is just US title matches. The same with the Intercontinental. When did we last see Shinsuke Nakamura? When? When yeah. did we see him? I said to you the day, remember, do you remember the years 2015 to 2017 where we had John Cena's US Open Challenge on the US title side of things and the Intercontinental title, you had the Miz make it relevant again. And then you had those brilliant matches. I think one of my favourite matches ever was I think it was 2016 Battleground, Fatal Four Way between Miz, Cesaro, Sami Zayn, and Kevin Owens for the IC title. It's one of my favourite matches ever. That you look at the prestige that was around those titles then, how important they felt, the matches you were having for them, and now they just they're an afterthought. If if, if that, so they need that needs some real TLC and some rehabbing in WWE because it's probably the company's biggest issue right now on screen. The fact there is no, there's a great main event scene and nothing else. And does that reflect on if we were to recommend people saying to us, look, Jack, Charlie, there's so much wrestling around WWE day one. What do I need to see? In all honesty, it's the main event. You can see a great New Day Usos tag match to open, but you've seen those matches before. Liv Morgan performed well, but. You know, would I go out of my way to watch it against Becky, who I'm still not convinced is being booked the way that the fans want as as a heel? I think, really, it was that main event, which was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Brock getting in and just throwing everyone as he does. That's all I'd recommend from day one. It's the only thing I'd say you have to make sure you see. I enjoyed Becky versus Liv. Mm. Liv's um, Sunset Flip Powerbomb was outstanding. I could see her win the Women's Rumble. She's hot right now, Liv Morgan. Um, they push her like they've got an underdog babyface there. I could see them pushing her hard. I really, yeah, sorry, the Usos New Day. I, I that somehow I see this slipped under the radar that match was happening for me, and I was over the moon or so because those guys do not know how to have a bad match. They could roll out of bed and have a four star match. They are that that those two teams. They are the two best teams of this era. They're excellent, uh, and unsurprisingly had a brilliant match. Not the best match in the world. But I really, really, really love Edge and Beth Phoenix being in the ring together and yes. doing professional work together. And you know what? I'm not huge Miz and Maurice fans, but their mixed tag match with Cena and Nikki Bella at Mania 30, maybe? Well, 30 later than that, wasn't it? Because it was a proposal. Yes, it was a proposal. That Yes, yeah. so whatever Mania it was, 33 in Orlando. It was in Orlando. It was, I think was so much fun and I would love to see them do some of the skits they did about Cena and Nikki Bella as Edge and Beth Phoenix if they can do that again because it's the best promo work but those two um, Edge and Beth just look like they are having the time of their lives working together professionally in the ring so that was great to see but yeah day one was a very decent show wasn't it with a great main event Yeah, it really was. Watch the main event. And probably if you're listening to this, you have seen the main event by now. So we come out of day one, we go to Monday Night Raw. And then on Tuesday, NXT, really, we see the dying embers of NXT black and gold as we knew it. Tomasa Ciampa puts the NXT title up 
for grabs against Braun Breaker, and he's beaten. And we finally see the end of NXT as we know and loved it. If there was any vestiges left, the image of Braun Breaker kicking through that big traditional NXT cross at the start. I mean, it wasn't even symbolism. It was just a big, I don't know, Charlie. You text me and it's so right. Vince going, hey, fans who pay, hey, fans who pay me your money. You give me money each month. Remember that thing I know you all loved. Here's me genuinely destroying it and rubbing it in your face. I was like, oh, thanks, Vince. And there'll be people thanks. who say, there'll be people who say, oh, no, 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 you, you, you're reading too much into it. That was symbolism from Bron towards Tomasa Champa. It was, it was, no, no, it wasn't. That, that was a very deliberate move. And firstly, it wasn't impressive. He is an impressive dude. <laughs> he is a big dude, but they are clearly styrofoam. I could have, I could have made that happen. I mean, if you're going to do it, do it right. You know the worst thing about this? There's clearly some really good stuff happening in NXT. Uh, firstly, Carmelo Hayes is an absolute superstar. Yep. Am I watching him? No. Bron Breaker is going to be around WWE for a long, long time. This guy, they are building him brilliantly. He's got everything. He's got it all. Am I watching him? Am I invested? Do I really care? No. Do, do I help? Because you've taken the show I loved and you've destroyed it, so I'm not going to watch it anymore. Like, I was I, I gave it a chance when it started and it started okay and I was like oh th this could be all right it's just become it's not it's not NXT it's become the third WWE main roster brand like AJ Styles is down there Matt Riddle is down there it's full of color it's full of storyline rather than wrestling and not even good storyline and yeah it's just it's it's not for me and yeah Bron Breaker is going to be a superstar in wrestling he's got it all. How nice was the moment with him and Rick Stein in the ring after? I'm sure you've seen it on social media. That was a lovely moment between a dad and son. I had a lot of time for that. But yeah, just NXT is just, it's sad. It's really sad and it's dead. It's dead. And as if, I'm sure we'll go on to it, but as if to really, really put the knife and they've gone, oh, off you go, Regal. Cheers. And yeah. you're like, what? What are you doing? I'm sure we'll go on to it properly. But just everything that NXT was, you had the best wrestling show in the world. For my money, the best show in the world. I said it last week. 2018 NXT is the is my, my glory behold of wrestling that year. And I will go back to it time and time again. And I'll be showing my kids this is what wrestling was. Well, Ryan says on Twitter, I've just said to my dad, NXT as a whole finished at stand and deliver for me. I really can't stand it with WWE anymore. How can you screw up? So much. Keith Lee, Karrion Cross, Finn Balor as the Prince and the Demon, Alistair Black, Bray Wyatt, Braun Strowman, and that's just with the men. I mean, again, let me play devil's advocate here. If WWE had not announced that they were rebranding NXT, if they'd slowly brought Braun Breaker in, if they'd slowly changed things around, I think people's feelings would have been different. But it's a fact they said, you can't have this anymore. You're going to have this instead and you're going to love it. I just don't think people, you're giving people something they don't want. It's the, it's the opposite of what you should be doing as a company. And you can't be surprised when consumers go, well, thank you. This isn't for me. I'll take my business elsewhere. We've, we've had the changing of the guard in NXT before. Mm. We had the... Yeah, um, two or three times. Yeah, the, the Neville, Sami Zayn, KO, Cesaro era is Cesaro era become the 
Gargano, Champa, Adam Cole era. We've had that. That's the one I remember watching. So, and even before that, you had Rollins and Big E pass over to Neville, Cesaro, Zayn, Owens. So, you've had that. It was an, a, a soft rebrand people could have got behind because everything needs to evolve. NXT had already, like, the graphics had changed slightly, the championship belts had changed, the presentation had changed. It's, it's changed. It's gone on to the weekly TV. It survived these changes. So, you could have brought Bron Breaker, Carmelo Hayes, these people through as new stars, like, Yes, I realise in the last years, NXT's had its most success bringing established indie stars in. But you still have to build them to a larger audience. I know a lot of the NXT fans are indie fans, but if you think I knew anything about Adam Cole, Roderick Strong and Bob, Robert Strong, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly when they arrived, you'd, you'd be kidding yourself. I didn't. I had to go find out about them. So you can bring new people like Bron Breaker in, and it's you have to look at him, and you go, oh, okay. And then you find out he's Rick Steiner's son, and you go, Right, okay, this guy's worth taking seriously. You don't have to rebrand your whole your whole company, basically, your whole brand, your whole show, away from what people love, because the black and gold was different, and people got behind it. The black and gold is a sort of brand, my better half works in marketing, that is the sort of brand people kill to develop, that people grow behind it, people rally behind it. You say black and gold in wrestling, people know exactly what you mean. People kill for that. And WWE just went, ah, no, no, that's not what we want. It's when, Chris, is it Chris Jericho who said Vince McMahon's the only millionaire who should be a billionaire? Was it Chris Jericho who said it? Well, Paul Heyman said it in a shoot promo in 2001, so it's probably been said a couple well, of times. Yeah, well, sometimes with things like this, you can see why. He's yeah. got to be losing money with this. Well, maybe he isn't. Maybe I mean, I, I'm not sure he is. You, you look at, and we'll talk about, regal in a moment but you look at the tv deals they've struck they're selling out stadiums for two nights of wrestlemania they're they're doing fine i think the frustration is they're doing fine in spite of what fans want and 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 i i am beginning to resent being treated as as such a consumer quite so obviously and can i give you an example of why the phrase premium live events now i had a conversation with only connect wrestling on on twitter the other day. Uh, Which when, again, I truly believe you've made up. I <laughs> truly believe that is you on another, on your laptop. Um, you're sat on your laptop and then you get your phone out and you're just replying to yourself. But carry on. Talk about the conversation you had with yourself, Jack. On the assumption this is someone else and not me, they said, I can understand this because pay-per-view is a dead income revenue. No one pays attention to, no one pays, excuse me, to view anymore. It's predominantly network subs or Peacock for the USA folks. Pay-per-view becomes a network special, which becomes a premium live event. It kind of makes sense. And I accept that argument. Is there anything less sexy or exciting or interesting as a wrestling fan than being welcomed to something called a premium live event. I mean, talk about a mood killer. Big wrestling shows are called pay-per-views. That, that's, that's it. No one, no one in WWE really pays per view anymore. That's fine. But they're called pay-per-views. It's just their name. Or oh, they've got other names. They've got Day One, SummerSlam, Backlash, WrestleMania, Extravaganza, Spectacular. Yeah. You know, you, you've got... Yeah, it's a good point. Using it, but are they start going to go, ooh, I wonder who'll be main eventing the four big PLVs this year. PLEs. No, they're not. It's pay-per-views. And can you... It's things you don't need to rebrand. 
and that's my point. There's, there's, there's a point where you think I am not being treated as someone who is consuming something that, that I'm passionate about. I'm literally being told this is a premium live event. Imagine if you or I with our better half said, uh, do you fancy going out for dinner tonight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. where do you want to go? Do you just want to go get takeaway? No, no. We're going for a premium live dinner. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't, there's no romance. There's no, <sighs> just frustrates me, Charlie. Just you say, if you me. say, I'm just going to pay to watch this premium live event, everyone immediately thinks you're doing one thing and one thing only, and that's you're watching porn. Let's let's get there. It's so hideous. I didn't think that. Do you not? Have you not seen that's that's all over my Twitter with a premium live event? Sounds like you're watching porn. Does it? Yes. Have a think about. Ooh, I'm going to settle in on Sunday evening for a premium live event. Oh, Question. come on. Question: Is your porn live? Well, I'll talk to you off air about the things we can find on on certain areas of the internet. No. It's and God a... love you for defining that as an event as well. Yeah, well, depends what you get into. This podcast getting weirder. Um, no, it's just a hideous name, isn't it? And like I say again, it didn't need doing. There are bigger issues. Imagine when they sit down at the boardroom, right? And they go, right, we've got the agenda here. What? And Vince goes, no, 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 no. I know what I want to start with. We've got to rename pay-per-views. Dragon people in there just like throwing their notes in the air, like, oh, right, okay, everything on the agenda's off today because we have some genuine issues, but no, Vince wants to rename pay-per-views. And you know what? More fool us because he's sitting in a billion-dollar company with two huge networks buying his product. He's got a successful product on Peacock. He's selling out stadiums, and we're the ones grousing about premium live as a name. But it does annoy me. Let's talk William Regal. All we know at this point is he's been released. Now, in fairness, we don't know whether that was a release that was requested. You don't know if he was working out a contract. The, the, the implication is it was a cost-cutting measure and it wasn't something he asked for. But let's just go with the fact William Regal is no longer with WWE. Discuss. Bonkers. I think you said it. They don't, there's no such thing as a lifer, but if there ever was, I thought it'd be Regal. Just... Everything you hear about him. So first of all, take on screen. Well, first of all, in the ring, one of the best wrestlers technically we've ever seen. I've said this before. I'll say it again. As a kid, I thought he was the rubbish, boring guy from Blackpool. But as you get older, you realise technically he's one of the best to do it. On screen, the best authority figure in the last 15 years, comfortably, in WWE, comfortably. Since the days of... I grew up with Bischoff and Teddy Long as my GMs. So that there, I have a real um, yearning for them. They have that... um, memories of them. Regal's the only one in the last 15 years who's been bearable. And he's not just been bearable, he's been brilliant. Been great. Yeah, he's been brilliant. And then his off-screen stuff. Anyone you've seen, I've never seen an outpouring on Twitter like it for superstars saying thank you. Anyone who's come to NXT in the last 10 years is just saying I wouldn't where I would be without Regal. They're all just saying that. He's clearly so well regarded by his peers. And if you haven't got room for someone with that much knowledge, that much expertise, that well-revered in your company, I'm a little confused. Also, who's going to shout war games anymore each year? I, I They'll get some rapper in, won't they? They'll get Probably. some... some Probably. Migos or someone, whoever Migos is. No, because we have a portion of the audience who might know who Migos is and we might be sounding disconnected. But, you know, I just... I look at it and I think, as a coach... You want to keep him, right? If 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 you're just coaching people, you want to keep William Regal, or if you just want a manager, 
you want to keep William Regal or you just want someone who can add credibility doing the media rounds, you want to keep William Regal. When you've got someone who can do all of those things, you should, I mean, we were talking about him being a surefire lock for the Hall of Fame and he may yeah. well be, but he's a Hall of Fame talent. Why wouldn't you find something for William Regal to do? It, it confused me. And do you think AEW could do the general manager figure? Ooh, there's a question because Andrew says, I know it's cliche at this point and not everyone can go to AEW, but who would you have him manage in AEW if that's the way they went? Um, I, look, Put it this way. If I was Tony Khan, I'd be calling William Regal now and I would probably work out what I did with him later. And I'm not, I'm not even certain I would need to see him as a GM, but I would want him with... You know, how often do we talk about the young, slightly rough around the edges talent in AEW that could just use a Regal just to be the guy they rub up against and, and get some advice from? Yeah, I think you, just off screen, his expertise could be used hugely, hugely. But I, I, I would have him on screen because he's just so good. And you could reignite his feud with Adam Cole. Those two have been at each other. Like there's the storyline there already. There's already storyline. I, I don't know, it just struck me then. Would the mayhem of AEW be helped by having an authority figure somewhere to just mould it a little bit? And I don't advocate for authority figures often. But like I say, he's the only one in the last 15 years who I've enjoyed watching because whether it was him, whether it was Triple H behind the scenes, I don't know who got it right. But we saw Regal just enough and we saw him when it made sense. Yeah. So that, that's what I want from authority figure. I don't want it to feel like my authority figure's there because they want to be there. I feel like they're almost reluctantly there because like, for God's sake, I've got to sort this out. Well, well, let's see it this way. Let's sort of do some fancy booking. You have Tony Khan give William Regal the keys to AEW. Say, I'm stepping back. You're in charge on screen. Can you imagine MJF and William Regal sharing a ring together after Regal announces a match MJF doesn't like or, or whoever it may be, the moment backstage where Regal and Danielson cross paths again? I mean, you can use him in so many ways. I'm just amazed. And I'm assuming this isn't his choice. I'm assuming. We could be wrong. There could be something that comes out in a couple of days where he says, I had a great time, but I'm off to do new things. I'm just amazed. But then look how much talent WWE hasn't got room for at the moment. Maybe it's just the way the wrestling world is. True. And if, if it is their choice, then it's it's foolish. I could see it being his choice with NXT changing the way it has. Maybe he's gone now at the time. Like My last 10 years have been poured into NXT. It's gone. Maybe it's time for me to go as well. And if, if it is, then fair play to him because... It takes a brave man to step away from a company you've been at for so many years and the security of that job. So if he has stepped away, then you're happy for him. You want him. If, they, if they've let him go, then they're fools, I think. And if he wanted to step away and they didn't do everything they could to keep him, then I think that's a poor move from WWE. Well, you just wonder as well, with scouting, looking down the road, who they're going to bring in next. But, but maybe, again, going back to the fact that AW, uh, excuse me, WWE is developing more talent in-house. And they're not going out and scouting the indie scenes as they would have once done. Maybe maybe Regal's role was redundant. But um, let's raise a virtual glass to a guy who has given us so many moments in his WWE run. Let, let's not forget, he's not leaving NXT. He's leaving WWE. This was a guy who, as commissioner in 2001, was Comic Gold. Who, and you wouldn't do this character today, and I'm not advocating it, but helped to get Eugene over as a huge character that match with Cesaro, his retirement match, that that promo, I can't remember exactly at the end where he said, and I know that an old rascal like me has run out of luck. He just, he, just the best, just the best. He also introduces to Paul Birchall, the pirate. 
<laughs> who I really enjoyed because he swung in on a rope, but also then had that strange thing where it was it, it did seem that he wanted to sleep with his sister. Um, so that maybe was a little less um, an applaudable part of that character. But no, Paul Birch, I was a big fan of back when I was like 10. I thought it was class because he was a pirate. So that's probably my fondest memory of Regal is his mate Paul Birchall. Here's a New Year's resolution you can keep. By subscribing to this podcast, you never miss new episodes. So if you like what we do, make sure you click the subscribe button, get involved on Twitter, or even better, tell a mate about what we do on the show. A word on your social media feeds makes a world of difference, and word of mouth is the best way to keep us growing. And now, back to the show. Let's talk AEW as we head into part two of the show because we, we, we're putting this out late so we could talk about AEW's Dynamite debut on TBS headlined, although going on first, as seems to be tradition for AEW, by uh, Hangman Adam Page and Brian Danielson. We didn't need the judges. We didn't need the time limit. What we got was a gritty, bloody barn burner where Adam Page retained clean. That's huge. As we discussed last week, not what either of us would do, uh, I don't believe, but fair play, they are they are strapping the rocket um, to Adam Page, aren't they? Truly, well and truly going, this is our star. And fair, fair play to him. Like, he's waited a long time, and the AW fans have waited a long time for this title run. So I, I kind of enjoy that they've chosen their man, they're sticking by him. I've only seen highlights of the match. I need to go and have a proper watch of it today, because obviously I woke up about an hour ago. I got up at five. I've, I've seen yes. Yes, but Jack, you get up at five every day for work. I don't, I don't, I don't manage that. I am a machine. I am a yes, machine. Yes, true. you are. Yeah. You are. Um, so I haven't seen it all fully, um, but it looks excellent. I'm very much looking forward to it. See the results. It just, yeah, it's not what I would have done, but like I say, he's their man and they're going for it and it puts him over massively. To take a Danielson's defeat, undefeated from him, that's a big, big kudos for him. To pin him in the middle of the ring, huge really excited to see what they do next with both of them because there's just so much talent there that I don't think either of them are going to struggle for a good feud next. Well, see, I think in Hangman Adam Page's future, there's a, a big Bulgarian called Miro that's probably going to be coming down the tracks and taking him to his next feud. I'm not sure where you go with Danielson now. I'm really... And, and look, you've got options, but Punk and MJF are in a programme. Adam Cole's with the Young Bucks... Um, Darby Allen, I'm not sure he's the right guy. Could be, could be a nice way to get a win. What about the fact that we've just announced a show for a certain city in Ohio, which is where a certain wrestler is from, and that certain wrestler and Brian Danielson have both spoken on record about how much they'd like to wrestle each other. Yeah, so you think that keep yourself out of trouble for a couple of weeks, Brian Danielson, and come the end of January, Johnny Wrestling, Johnny Gargano could be pitching well. I mean, what wrestling fan wouldn't want to see Brian Danielson versus Johnny Gargano? Because what, what AEW haven't done is messed about giving us dream matches. They go, you want Danielson Omega? Here it is. Have it. Have it, lad, straight away. You've got to pull the trigger while you can on these things because it only takes one injury and you don't get to do the match. So I could absolutely see Johnny Gargano coming out in Cleveland. Huge, huge eruption. Everyone going mad. And then just Danielson's music hitting, and him coming down, and being like, "Let's do this. We've we've waited long enough. Let's do this." Oh, give and... them the match there and then. No, 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 sorry, oh, right. no, no, sorry. And now it's that we're gonna do it. I mean, they could do it there and then. I'm bonkers if they do, but no, for their next premium live event, um, I imagine they could build it round that match, and that would 
That's the sort of match that wrestling world will come to a standstill to watch. They're the sort of matches we thought we'd never get. So I could see them take take Danielson off telly for a few weeks, give him a rest because they've got so much going on. You don't need him week to week, and then bring him out in. Um, yeah, don't even talk about him. So it's a little bit of a surprise in Cleveland because surely that's why they've got a show in Cleveland, Jack. Surely. Well, this this is the thing. Tony Khan keeps us guessing, but in it, it look. You wouldn't rule it out. You would not. He's a free agent. He's in Cleveland. The show's in Cleveland. I I think, and in a way, isn't it bizarre? I'm still going, I I just can't see it. And yet I couldn't see Cole. I couldn't see Danielson. I couldn't see Punk. I, yeah, it's going to happen, isn't it? It's going to happen. Yeah, I think as well, especially after the Christian Cage, we've got a legend coming and that underwhelming reaction. You announce a show in Cleveland with what's going on you know people are going to jump to this conclusion. You know they are. So don't then not give them it. I think they learned their lesson the hard way with that, so I'd be surprised if they did it again. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the roster continues to be stacked. Uh, we send our best to, to Ray Phoenix, who looks like he suffered a really, really nasty injury. Um, if you haven't seen it, I would recommend not seeing it because you've seen some breaks and bangs and bumps in your time playing rugby. It looked like poor Ray Phoenix took a really nasty one and it looks like um, sadly a, a seriously injured arm. We don't know as we record exactly what it is, but it ain't good. No, it looked, it looked hideous. So you send your best. They're, they're, they're the sort of injuries when we play in games, like you see things like that and the whole just game stops and you never really get back into the, into the proper run of the game again, because it's just, it's just all you can think about is the poor person who's injured. So we hope, we hope it's not as bad as it looks. I'm going to throw out one more thing. And it seems a constant criticism of AEW for me. I need a bit more story from some of these programs. And I felt, I thought this week's dynamite was excellent. We recorded before last week's dynamite and it was great to see JR back. Lovely to see Jim Ross Mm. back behind the mic. Let's give him his props and his flowers. I, I don't know how many times they can just throw out six-man tag matches or eight-man tag matches one after the other and not give me a little bit more meat on the bones of that. Now, to, to balance that, I was talking to one of our listeners uh, the other day and he said, I love it. I don't want the talking. I just want action. It's great. So it might be a personal taste, but I did find it quite tiring watching last week's Dynamite see another six-man tag. Yeah, I agree. It, it, especially when there's so many great people there with so many story to tell. Let's just tell it like I, I completely agree. On the flip side, MGF and CM Punk are, oh, they're telling a story. That's what I was going to say. Is that not, if we've got Roman and Brock as the best quote story in WWE, the story that AEW are taking the most time over, and, and you just said they love to give us dream matches. They're making us wait for MJF mm. against Punk, and I love how they're doing it. And their promo on Dynamite, where CM Punk came out and said when MJF was teasing going to, to WWE, and I like that AEW isn't afraid to go there, when Punk said you're welcome to main event night four of a buy one, get one free extravaganza. Oh, painful. Yeah, it, he doesn't mess about, does he? He does not mince his words. It's brilliant. Yeah, you just hope they have the match to back up the promos at some point because it's wrestling. You've got to deliver in the ring. Now, I've no doubt they will because Punk's one of the best ever and MGF is criminally underrated in the ring because of how good he is on the mic. So I've got no doubt they will, but they need to. Let's um talk about, uh, we're not going to do any fancy booking this week. We've got such a busy show. Will mm. Do you have any ideas for fancy booking, by the way? Have you come prepared? Uh, no, I haven't come prepared, Jack. I haven't. It's wow. fine. It's fine. I, I have come prepared. Uh, but oh, before, thank you. 
you're welcome. Uh, Andrew says, uh, I, I put my stats cap on last week, inspired by earning the push. Regarding Danielson beating Hangman, which is what we were talking about last week, I would feel sorry for Hangman Page if he lost two, but it wouldn't necessarily hurt him. The Rock was a seven-time WWE champion in the Attitude Era, and only one of his runs was longer than Hangman's is right now. If they're a big enough star, they don't need the title for a year. On the idea of Hook working his way up the roster, I think it's notable who AEW puts their top prospects up against. Daniel Garcia has been in the ring with Moxley, Kingston, Darby, CM Punk, and the Lucha Bros. MJF's big feuds have been with Cody, Moxley, Jericho, Darby, and Punk. Jungle Boy has had matches against Jericho, Cody, and Omega one-on-one. It will probably go up against Christian at some point. And that's not even mentioning the tag matches against the Bucks, FTR, SCU, etc. AEW makes a point, says Andrew, of mixing in the up-and-coming talent with the absolute best, exactly as they should, to help bring everything up. Basically, that's what NXT 2.0 is trying to do. And AEW are able to mix in the quality of the old NXT while they do that really interesting point is nxt 2.0 trying to do what we see AEW do establish talent with new faces first of all it's a great message from andrew it's such a good point um potentially i hadn't thought of it like that potentially they are if they are why would you then change everything else as well if you're going to make that change keep everything else relatable and recognizable for people um is that why they're bringing AJ Styles down, etc.? Maybe it is. And maybe that's what NXT 2.0 is going to become. And if so, then it'd be interesting to see how it goes. But that, that's a really, really interesting point about AW. And he mentioned their Jungle Boy. Jack, our boys did it. They did it last night. They did it. Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, the Jurassic Express, are the tag team champions. And of course they did it with a roll-up. Yes, the lads. <laughs> I, I love that they won with a roll-up. I don't think we can underestimate the sheer balminess of Luchasaurus and, and how he draws people in. I know people who watch AEW purely to go, what's a dinosaur up to? What's a dinosaur doing? Once they know what the dinosaur's doing, they might stick around for some other stuff, but Luchasaurus draws them in. And it was sort of what drew you in initially. Yeah, they're a wrestling dinosaur. I was like, well, this is mad. Let me get in on this. Um, and then you Google the man behind Luchasaurus. He was on Big Brother. He was on US Big Brother. What? Yeah, 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 yeah. After this, go and Google Luchasaurus. The man who plays Luchasaurus, whose name has escaped me currently, was on like series four of US Big Brother. He's it's brilliant. Just yeah, there's a wrestling dinosaur, and if that's not Charlie Beckett, then what is? Your search history, half Big Brother, half premium live events. Uh, interesting, interesting about the title point as well, because we've had this conversation. Does the title make the man? Does the man make the title? Or does a woman make the title? The title make the woman? Actually, I think Hangman is one of those rare people who doesn't need the belt to still be a star. No, he's, he, his appeal is his character, his persona. He, he, you, you sell Hangman Adam Page on Hangman Adam Page. Um, and I think because of that, I don't know, like um, Andrew just said, I'm not sure how long his title run will be because I think other people may need the title more. And almost with Paige, is the chase more exciting? Yeah. Yeah, I, I personally, I think it is. I, I like him in chase mode. Um, interesting that Hook got another huge pop last night on Dynamite as well. When when the guy is getting that sort of reaction just for a graphic with his match, you know he's over. Uh, Tom says, AEW brought my love of wrestling back. It all but died with the pandemic and the speaking out movement, but 
in the past six months, I just have to say that AEW has brought me back to professional wrestling. Uh, so uh, thank you, Tom. Remember, you can get in touch, Charlie underscore Beckett, Jack underscore Merley. I think what we should do, Charlie, is spend the next couple of weeks booking our fantasy Royal Rumble. Now, we don't have to book it one to 30, but we just want to book some of the people we would have it in the Rumble this year and how we would see the Rumble end and then a brief summary of where the Rumble winner would go. And we can do men's and women. You could do women's or men's, just one of each. But I think a bit of fantasy Rumble booking, it is the season. Absolutely. Makes sense. I tell you, I wouldn't have in it is Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> go, go on. I mean, look, <sighs> I'm older than you, right? I'm, I'm 33. I've got a few years on you. Johnny Knoxville was around when I was a kid. Does he have more street cred, credence, credibility, media presence than I'm aware of? Because I haven't heard of Johnny Knoxville in years. He's just a mental dude from Kickass, isn't he? Not Kickass. What are they called? Jackass. Jackass. I was close. And therein lies the problem. Yeah, I was close. They've got a new film coming out, so Johnny's going to be in this. I mean, I'm sure he'll take some bonkers bump. He'll do something ridiculous because of who he is, but. I just feel like it leaves a sour taste in my mouth when there's going to be a genuine wrestler who works 365 days a year missing out on a big payday and a big appearance in the Rumble because of that. I, I just, with my sport, with my athlete cap on, I don't like that at all. Yeah, well, we'll do some uh, fancy Rumble booking for the next couple of weeks and you do not have to have Johnny Knoxville in. Uh, time to send something back to developmental and give something the push. I'm going to go first this week because mine are both the same. Earning the push is moving house. Back to developmental is moving house. I am in the process of moving house. We got a lovely new house to move into. I'm excited. I can't wait to go in there. But the stress of getting everything together. I mean, you've moved fairly recently. It's They say that the two most stressful things you can go through, divorce and moving house. Yes, I would suggest. Just yes. If I was married, I might have got a divorce because of my house move. Mm. Um, it was that what, stressful. What was the worst bit for you? Um, probably just uh, you in your head. You're like, oh, okay, I've got to pack all that stuff up. And then just stuff you don't know you have that is round your flat. You're like, where's that come from? Like, where have we been keeping that? And now I have to pack it because I can't leave it here. I don't want to take it to my new house, but I have to because it's got to go somewhere. That annoyed me. Did you pay for a moving person? Not for most of it, but there were some bits of furniture that we needed. And I had a brilliant man with a van near mine. Yeah. See, we you could put me and my boyfriend together and we still wouldn't be your size. And he insisted for more time than he should. No, we don't need a moving van. We'll just do it all ourselves. With three stories up. Yeah. A no. good removal team are worth their weight in gold as well. Like the guy we had um, was just incredible. Brilliant. Brilliant. Big up, Rob Young Removals. If you're in the... The Gloucester Cheltenham area, Rob Young Removals is your man. Can um, we get Rob Young Removals to present our next premium live event? Yes, like, yes, brought brought to you by Rob Young Removals. No, um, they weren't they were in gold, good, good removal then. And oh my god, what a hard job. Yeah. Knackering. Yeah. You're lumping and dumping stuff around. You know that you're not lied to, but everyone will say, yeah. This is all the stuff I have. And then you turn up <laughs> on the day and they're like, Do we not mention the piano? Sorry. Yes, was, yeah, yes, we've, we've got yes. that. So, uh, so next week, if it sounds a bit different, uh, the podcast is because I'll be in a different place. Don't know what the acoustics will be like. Don't know what it'll look like. But Moving House both gets the push and the sending back to developmental for me. What do you have? Earning the push for me, it was going to be something different. I discovered a new show on Netflix last night. Oh, okay. 
It's called Stay Close. It's based on a Harlan Coben book, and Harlan Coben's very good at writing books. And it's just really good. It's a crime thriller, a mystery. We went to, myself and my partner went to watch one episode last night, ended up watching three, staying up too late because you just can't stop. Um, and amazingly, it is the nightclub that is used is a club called Shorrocks Hill. It's called Vipers in the show, but it's called Shorrocks Hill. Known affectionately to those who frequented it as Shoz. And I was one of those because that is about 15 minutes from where I live at home. It's the strangest little club. It has a car park and it's in some woods. If you if you watch the show, you'll know what I mean. And last night, I was showing my better half the exact spot in the car park where I was beating up as a 17-year-old there. Oh so my that God. was quite that was quite enjoyable seeing that. I didn't know it was I didn't know it was in the show until I put it on. And I was like, isn't that shot? And then I thought it was gonna be like a one little thing. And then it, it's a huge part of the show. Right. And it just gets full. I was like, oh my god, it's a Google it. And they're like, oh yeah. Um yeah, that that was enjoyable, but no, really, really good TV show. Uh, that I'm enjoying okay. a lot so far. How, how scary is it? Because I can't I can't be dealing with frights. Not not very scary. There's no it's not jumpy, it's it's a thriller more than a scarer. Okay. No, it's good. I enjoyed that. Battle to Developmental is, and my sister's been getting a real good laugh at this recently, my quote-unquote free shed. Free, even though I've got over £200 into it now. Okay, so this is the shed that not long ago you were telling us about on the podcast, I think. Yes, that you went it's, in and... it's so close to being finished. The fact it's not finished yet should let you know how much trouble I'm having with this shed. Right. Um, I went to pick this shed up. It was free, again, Yep. free yep. on Facebook Marketplace. I probably went to pick it up about four months ago now. Mm-hmm. It then laid my garden dismantled. Dismantling it was a hell of a job. I think I spoke about it on the podcast. You did. It then laid dismantled in my garden for a good few months. I then thought, right, best get a grip myself here. I'm not very good at this sort of stuff. So the absolute superstar of this whole story has been uh, my partner's dad. He has been amazing helping me build this. But the shed was more damaged than we thought. So through the money to the van to go and get it, the two tins of woodworm killer to get rid of the woodworm, and right. the extra wood I've had to buy because so much of it was rotten, that half the shed is rebuilt as a new shed. My free shed has now cost me almost as much as a brand new shed and a man to build it. This is like Trigger's broom, isn't it? Because it's not yes. the same. Yeah, it's yes. not the same shed. Um, what's the point of it? Like, what what are you going? What are you going to do? Of my shed? Yeah. Well, at, at the moment, our front room has got all our lawnmower, our tools, our spade, shovels, our garden stuff in it. So, a long term, I'm not sure the front room is the place for that. So, we probably should. We don't have a garage or anywhere to store that stuff. So, we did need a shed to get this in. Okay. I thought you were going to say it was like going to be a podcast studio or a man cave or a place to escape. And that's why you were putting all the effort into it. I didn't realize it was just going to be something to stop your lawnmower getting wet. No, it's gonna it's gonna do the function of a shed, of a garden shed. Mm. Okay, I think I think I think in retrospect, you'll look back and you'll say you should have just shelled out Today, for a new one. Today, today's job is I've got to refelt half the roof, and I've also got to um, bolster up the floor a little because I go through it. <laughs> so, so yeah. the floor doesn't work, the roof doesn't work, and you've had to rebuild half of it from scratch. But apart moment, from that, Jack, I'm going to show you on camera how it's looking at the moment. Okay. You'll see the issue with the roof as I show you. There is only half a roof. Okay. I so mean, look, half of it is on. To bring this back to wrestling, the roof of the cell looked more stable after Foley went through it than your than your shed. So upsetting, but so true. 
Okay. Well, as Charlie cries <sighs> tears over his shed, we should wrap this one up. Uh, so we're fancy booking the rumble for the next couple of weeks. Uh, don't forget to rate, review and subscribe wherever you listen. Uh, get in touch. Charlie underscore Beckett, Jack underscore Murley on Twitter. I'll leave you with a final thought, Charlie. What are we going to get between Roman and Brock on SmackDown tomorrow as we record? I'm not sure, actually, because as it's due, I'm not... It, can Roman definitely be there with the COVID rules in America? I don't know, because no, obviously it was England. He'd have, to, he'd have to isolate for seven days uh, now. So I don't know. Maybe we get a video footage. I don't know. Um, we need something. I need some sort of explanation for why Heyman's straight back with Lesnar. Is it because he got fired? He went back? I don't know, but I'll be watching. Yeah, I, I, I will need to see it. I'll need to see it. And with that, we will wrap things up. Thank you so much for listening. A busy old week. Thank you for bearing with us as we move the recording date. I think you'll agree it was worth it so we can encapsulate everything going on in wrestling. 2021 was bonkers. 2022 will be the same as well. Uh, But we'll knock this one on the head for now. On behalf of Charlie and myself, thank you for listening. And we'll see you again next week. Bye-bye.